The following is a production of Gearhead Media. All right, welcome back to another episode of the All Automotive Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Clausen, and today, today we're talking about the check engine light. And there was a customer in the shop. I w- we had done some work for him, and I was the one back in the car around to pull it up front so, so I could deliver it to him. And when I started it up and backed it out of the shop, I noticed that the check engine light was on. And, you know, there's a couple of different reasons why I wanted to bring it to his attention. Number one, so that when he left there, he knew that I knew that it was on so that he couldn't say that we caused it by doing whatever we did. And I I believe it was just an oil change and we were just backing it out. And I came in and I told him, I said, wasn't sure if you noticed, but, you know, the check engine lights on. That's some that's a service that we provide for our customers. We can evaluate that for you and we can go from there and he was like oh man that's nothing uh yeah that's been on for a long time I, that's nothing i don't i'm not i'm, I'm not worried about that and i kind of was shocked at that i was like okay um it's not nothing and you know if it's if it's left unaddressed it could cost you hundreds of dollars or it could be a catalytic converter that's starting to fail and one of the things that happens to those when they fail they plug up and your car doesn't go can't accelerate because the exhaust can't get out because the catalytic converter has physically melted itself together and won't let the exhaust out so i was trying to bring it to his attention so that he knew that i noticed it number one and number two that we could certainly address it for him and he, you know, he immediately dismissed it. And I thought, man, I really should talk about this on my podcast because it's not nothing. There's something there. The computer is knocking on your window and it's like, hello, that's the engine computer's way of trying to get your attention on there's something wrong. Hey, it's the, the kid in class that's raising its hand to try to talk to the teacher it's there for a purpose and it's trying to let you know that there's something wrong. So in the next half hour, what I want to do is, is kind of go over what's going on and why we as a shop or as a repair facility would want to get to the bottom of this for you. Number one, because we care about you. Number two, we don't want you to spend any extra money on the fuel. And then we may want to address this issue prior to becoming a bigger issue. So we also wanted to tell him that that's it's not nothing, and it was a it was it was kind of a difficult question for me to ask because I first number one I was kind of shocked that he just dismissed it, and it was like oh it's nothing, you know somebody told me it was the gas cap that's left loose, or you know it's it's nothing. Okay, so it's not nothing. The light comes on for a reason, and like I was saying, you know it's the kid in the class that's raising its hand to say hey, there's a problem here. Hello, you need to have somebody take a look at this. So the light comes on and and I I tried to let him know that you might want to try and address this before it becomes a bigger issue, before something major goes out and then, you know, you're in way deeper than you wanted to be when we could have just fixed an oxygen sensor or what have you. And then your catalytic converter could have not failed because the engine was running too rich, which rich and too much gas and the catalytic converter don't go well. And that never ends well. And something always 
you know, I went to a class one time on the catalytic converters and the, the instructor of the class was just like, Hey, something killed the kitty. There's always something that will affect something else if you don't address it. So what I was trying to get, the point I was trying to get across to the guy was just like, look, before it becomes a bigger issue and it's maybe tougher for you to be able to afford it or to, to prevent a costly repair, let's take the steps necessary to evaluate it for you. And then you can make an educated decision on whether or not you want to move forward with that. Okay, so the check engine light comes on for a number of different reasons. And there was a car that came in the other day, and I am by trade a drivability technician, which means the check engine lights and the stalling and the the, the different things like that came into my bay when I was turning a wrench on the cars before I removed myself from the shop. So so nowadays I am I'm actually helping my technicians go through the process and through the diagnosis process when we have cars like that that come in. So I was going through the service information and I was looking up a code because I did I didn't recognize this code. And there's a lot of them that are recognizable. You know, the misfire codes are all recognizable because you know that's it's a worldwide standard um or an SAE standard that Society of Automotive Engineers, if you don't know what that means, um, they come up with these these codes, and all manufacturers have to follow them. So if an engine is misfiring on cylinder number one, the code is P for powertrain, zero, which means it's a nation, national, worldwide code that's not specific to that manufacturer, so it's zero. And then 301. 301 is misfire cylinder number one. 302 is cylinder two. 303 is cylinder four. Three, whatever, and so on. So I had never really seen this code. So I clicked on the service information that we have. And I said diagnostic trouble codes. And then I typed in the code. It didn't recognize it. So I went to the list. The list is really long. You know, so... I mean, just imagine scrolling on your computer down and it was like, so P0001 and then so on, all the way up to 2000 something is all these codes. And it's just like, I had forgotten a little bit that there are so many different reasons and so many different codes that can cause the check engine light that we really shouldn't take that lightly. It could be any, it could be a lot of different things. You know, and I say that to the customers all the time. It's like, well, it comes on for over 150 different reasons. So let's, let's evaluate it and then go from there. So it was a code that this particular model, it's a, it's a Chrysler product. And it was set in a code for the engine computer saw a, diff, a difference in the oil pressure. So this is something that a lot of the manufacturers monitor now because they're turning off cylinders for uh, fuel savings and so forth. They have displacement on demand or what have you. I grew up in the in the GM world, so we called it displacement on demand or active fuel management. So what this system does is it turns the cylinders off so that it saves fuel. So it has to monitor the oil pressure so that it can turn these cylinders off mechanically with oil pressure. So it has to monitor that. So anyway, this code was a code that I didn't recognize, and then I, I found it finally, and it was 
it saw that the oil pressure was not great enough. It wasn't enough. So it says, hey, there's an issue. Turn check and there's only that. Okay, so it's not nothing. If you think about it, if it's, uh, it's actually telling you that there's not enough oil pressure. And if there's not enough oil pressure, it's kind of like your heart and your chest. If you can't pump the blood around your body, then there's a problem and it needs to be addressed. You know, we don't have a check engine light on. You know, we don't have check engine lights that come on. That would be nice because, you know, my check engine light would have come on months ago for, you know, the problems I'm having with my knee or whatever. You know what I mean? It would be nice to have that. But, but, you know, we're humans and we don't have that kind of ability. But in a car, it's important to to address it. It's It really is. And then, you know, oh, well, Matt, we don't want to take up your time and do that stuff. No, it's something that if it's going to present an issue further on down the road and cost you more money, don't you think it would be wise to have us take a look at it before it becomes a bigger issue? Things get built up so much and then things will get away from you. And you, and we don't want those things to get away from you. And we want to see you. We talk to customers in different realities that have the ability to keep their car for a longer time because, you know, it's harder to get a new vehicle. It's harder to get a used vehicle right now. And in the past year and a half or two years, it's been really difficult. So we have to hang on to these vehicles that we have and make an educated decision on if it's something that we want to fix based on our evaluation. Okay, so the check engine light comes on and you're talking to me and you go, Matt, you know, so, okay, now what do I do? Well, if you're a, a customer of ours, we schedule you an appointment and we evaluate it. And if it's something that you don't want to fix, you pay us for the evaluation and we go on about life. And if it's something that we can fix and repair, then we move forward with that. Piece of cake. Well, I don't want, I don't, I don't, de- Matt, I don't deal with a shop. I, I can do stuff by myself and I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, to talk to you and do stuff like that, but it is getting tougher and tougher for you to be a do it yourself or when it comes to the technology that's out there and the and sophistication of the vehicle. And I hear this a lot of times that, you know, oh, my friend told me to take it to AutoZone. They'll scan it for free. Okay, so this presents a problem too, people. Yeah, these parts stores and stuff will will come out to your car with a code reader, which basically just connects to the vehicle based on what platform your vehicle communicates to the scan tool on, and it will pull out that code and it gives you the description. Okay, well, now what? So the code you get, let's just say, I'm just going to use this one because this one is is really a good one to use in this example. Kid looks at it and he goes, okay, so you got, it says PO171, system lean bank one. Okay. So, all right, well, I don't really know what that is. So let's go inside to our national thing and let's just poke that code in and it'll tell us what you should change. Okay. And this is not what we do, people. We take a very sophisticated scan tool, and if it's lean, then we, you know, there's steps to take. There's a flow chart to follow. There's things to do. It's not just poking it into a national database and go, okay, 
all the parts stores across the country are replacing this part for a lean condition. So as a technician, there's several different tests that you probably should do. Okay, so there's things that you should do and consider before we just throw a part at it. So think about where you're at, people. You're at a parts store and they sell parts. So they want to go in, poke it into the computer, and they're like, oh, it's the oxygen sensor for for that bank, for bank one. Okay, well, which one's bank one? It's a V6 engine. It sits in there sideways. Which 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 side is bank one, the firewall side or the front radiator side? Well, I don't know. Okay, so this is where our expertise and our ability to evaluate something like this comes in handy. Okay. And I'm not knocking these guys at the parts store. They've got a job to do and they're, they're, they're trying to sell you a part, but do they really know that it's the oxygen sensor? Because all these other places said it was an oxygen sensor, but what's the second most popular? What's the third most popular? What's the fourth most popular? What's the fifth most popular? Oh, now we've got intake gaskets, vacuum leak. Oh, there was a hose disconnected at the throttle body because I just had an oil change at the oil change place and they had my air cleaner all off and the guy didn't put the hose back on. It happens. Happens to the best of us. Okay. But it doesn't need an O2 sensor, right? Maybe it does. We don't know until we figure it out. Okay. So, you know, the check engine light comes on and so it's like, what's next? Okay. So most of the vehicles will tell you if it's a gas cap issue or something like that. There's a system on the vehicle which recognizes pressure loss in the fuel tank. And it also keeps the tank on what we call an even keel because they're plastic and they can and fuel expands and contracts. So if you listen to my E85 podcast on E85, I kind of explained that a little bit where we're talking about the difference between the E85 alcohol and the and the regular gasoline. So I don't know if you've ever put a gasoline can after you filled it up, you're cutting your grass, and you run out of fuel in the lawnmower. So you go into the barn, get your gas can or garage or whatever, and you fill it up, but you don't use all of it. So you push the, you know, you close everything up, and you leave it there in the yard. Cause, oh, man, all I got is like half the yard to do. I'll just leave the can right here in the sun, 80 degrees. That's going to expand that fuel in there is going to get hot and move around and create the fumes. So what happens when you come back, it's kind of puffed out. And you take that vent off and it goes, yeah, that's what happens in the fuel tanks in our cars, folks. We just don't see it. So what there is on this is the EVAP system, evaporative emissions, that it's got a line that goes to the back and it takes that pressure off the tank if it gets to be too much. So there's a valve on the engine that's turned on at certain times. When it sees too much pressure, it turns on and brings the pressure back down. So there's, I don't know, 15, 20 codes for that system. So there's all kinds of stuff that it could be. It can't just be a gas cap. It could be maybe a rock flew up and hit the line underneath there and knocked the hose off or put a hole in the EVAP line. It's going to set a large leak evaporative emissions code, 
which also the gas cap could, but the kid at the parts store is not going to know that. You know, he's not going to put the specific tool on there to diagnose that correctly. And don't get me wrong. I'm not just saying, I'm not sitting here telling you that you need to take it to a shop when it's a check engine light, but things are so sophisticated now that why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, why would you want to waste time and waste money trying to do something that we're not really sure if it's going to fix it or not? So there's steps that we take and we get to the bottom of it and then we're absolutely certain. You know, are there times where we get to the end of a flow chart and we're, uh, I still don't think that that's the right thing, you know, so, and I, I was always skeptical of any kind of flow chart that I've ever flowed down and, and used. So it's difficult. It's not a simple process, folks. It's not just go to the parts store, get a code, get a part, fix it. I mean, if you go to the back of the car and you've got an evaporative emissions code and it's PO455 large leak and you open the fuel door and the gas cap falls out onto the strap, okay, you know, yeah, all right. The gas cap was off. That creates a large leak because the system closes and it can't see any pressure being generated in the system. So it says, hey, man, there's a large leak. And also... This system, it takes the fumes. The fumes are not good for the, for the environment, for the ozone or the air quality in general. You know, so the fumes are taken off the tank and put into the intake system while the vehicle's running and going down the road, and you don't even know it. You're saving the environment if you have your evaporative emission system working correctly. So it's not just nothing. And it's not just take it to the parts store and and get a part. It's knowing what to do, knowing what the code is, knowing that there's more than one thing that could be in a lot of instances. There are so many different codes and there's so many different things that it could be. It's hard to just say it's nothing. It's not nothing, people. Okay, so let's get back to what I was talking about earlier And there's a couple of different things that happen when the light comes on. It does store a code for us. And it also takes a picture of the freeze frame data. And what that is is the data that the engine computer sees at that second. It's a photograph. It goes, takes a picture of what's going on when that code sets. And if it's a type A code, which turns the light on, then it's going to turn the light on. If it's an issue where it's a potentially catalytic damaging code, so if it's a potentially damaging to your catalytic converter, the light will flash. This means a couple of different things. So it's flashing to, number one, get your attention to say, hey, It's the kid that's waving both arms in the back of the class saying, hey, hello, there's a problem here. It's to get your attention. And it also means that the engine is not running on all cylinders. So if it's a four-cylinder, it's missing on one or two, potentially three, or all of them. And 
If it's a V6, it's, you know, again, it's missing on one or more cylinders. And it's a potentially catalytic damaging code. Which means if it's left untreated or undone or undiagnosed or if you let it go, you run the risk of damaging your catalytic converter. Or both of them. Okay, so if it's a V6 car, it's most likely got a catalytic converter for each cylinder bank. And what I mean by that, there's three cylinders on the left and there's three cylinders on the right. So it's wherever cylinder one is bank one and wherever cylinder number two is bank two. Okay. And it varies between manufacturers, which bank is which. So that's why we have service information and off the top of our heads anymore because most manufacturers have narrowed their V6s down to one and it's in all of their models and the four cylinders usually there's a few but those are one bank only so it's kind of simple anyway so the 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 check engine light's going to flash at you it means it's not running on all cylinders and you need to address it as soon as possible because you do run the risk of and you know I priced out a catalytic converter replacement for a customer that had a Ford Explorer with a 3.5 Ford V6. And it was around $2,500 if I want to um, guess at it quickly. And, you know, that's kind of a lot. We will be back after a short break. Hey, everybody. Matt here. Wanted to take a minute to talk about our main sponsor, GeForce Automotive. Did you know that they're a certified service center through AutoValue? What does that get you, you say? Well, that gets you three years or 36,000-mile warranty on select repairs. Want to know more about that? Visit their website at www.geforceautomotive.net. Click on that banner that says Make an Appointment and make your appointment today. We're proud to have them on board as the main sponsor of the All Automotive Podcast. So now let's get back to it. More of the All Automotive Podcast. And we want to make sure that if we can prevent spending that money, we get your get the car evaluated really quickly. So, and this is another thing where we run into this trap to where we are like, okay, you know, we're not so sure we want to pay a shop to do, to evaluate it. And we know that a friend said, Hey, they, they check it for free over at the parts store. Okay. So we go over there and it's a P0302. It's missing on cylinder number two. And, you know, Again, we go in and it's, it's a, you know, there's a spark plug. It could be, or it could be the ignition coil, or it could be a plug wire if it doesn't have uh, ignition coils, or it could be the coil pack, which drives all six cylinders or all four cylinders. So there's a number of different things that it could be, but it also could be mechanical, like 
mechanically the valves and the piston isn't working correctly in such a fashion that it's causing this misfire too. Or we haven't paid attention to our oil service reminder in our corner of our windshield, the sticker, and we're overdue or we're low on oil, or it could be a lot of different things. So here's where it gets kind of sticky, and, and this is where I'm I'm trying to go with this and and say it's just like try not to spin your wheels or waste your time, but if you want to just find out what the code is and you're just really curious, yeah, by all means, go to that parts store and find out, yeah, it's missing on cylinder number two. Okay, that's good information for us. And it's always it's always a very good idea. And it's always makes me thrilled when a customer will say, Hey, you know, I took it to AutoZone, they told me or or one of the parts stores and I I they told me it was missing on cylinder number two. The code was P0302. Okay, that's great information for my technician and for us. So it also lets us know that, you know, you were interested in it enough to take it somewhere to try and see if it was earth shattering or not. And this is, so, you know, we've scheduled an appointment and we're going to evaluate it. So Shit, I just lost my train of thought. Fuck. So telling us you did that and went to the parts store and found out what code it was actually will help us in sort of a way that, you know, you're not just trying to bring it in and see if we're going to tell you the same thing that the parts store is and to try and check us for some reason on, on whether or not we're going to be telling you the same thing. So I, you know, there's certain times and there's certain instances where that's happened with customers in the past. And I've been like, why wouldn't you have told us that to start with, to help us, you know, navigate through our diagnosis? Like we go out and it's documented on the repair order and we like, okay, yeah, the customer told us that, Here's the report from that particular parts store. Some of them print you out a little um, sheet of paper, and then you can do with that what you want. And so we go through a long process of evaluating whether or not all of these things that have to be checked on a misfire. You know, it's more than just one thing. So obviously presenting us with that information is always helpful. And don't, don't get me wrong. If, if you've had somebody trying to work on it as well, you know, that's helpful too. Hey, you know, I took it over here. They told me it was missing on cylinder number two. They recommended these two parts. We put those two parts on and it still doesn't run good. Can you guys figure it out? Most likely we can. And 
it's refreshing when the customer is upfront and honest with us as far as that's what they've done. So that makes our, makes our job maybe a little bit easier, but it also tells us that they're interested, invested in getting their car fixed and they're interested in helping us help them. So keep that in mind too. So again, the check engine light will flash when it's a potentially catalytic damaging code. And what that means is, is uh, so what happens and what, what goes on when the cylinders misfire is this fuel is sprayed into that cylinder. If it doesn't explode and fire, the piston's just pushing it out the exhaust. And that raw gas goes right into that catalytic converter, which is in close proximity to the exit of the cylinder head and the manifold. A lot of the vehicles are made with exhaust manifolds that are integrated with the catalytic converter on them. And those are rather expensive. So you want to get this addressed as soon as you can so that you don't damage that catalytic converter and cause yourself a really expensive repair at that point. So this raw gas goes right into that catalytic converter. And what's inside these catalytic converters is uh, precious metals called platinum, palladium, and rhodium. Okay. And these three precious metals are very expensive. Platinum in particular and rhodium also are very expensive. And what happens with that, it's like a a honeycomb that's in there. And it's these particles of these precious metals are attached to that honeycomb. And what happens with the exhaust gases is it goes through there. It has a chemical reaction or a scientific reaction in there that creates oxygen out the other end. So the carbon monoxide and the carbon dioxides go through there and these precious metals will grab on and hold on to the carbon and release the oxygen molecules out the exhaust. So if this catalytic converter isn't performing its job very well, it will store a code and it will also turn the check engine light on. Okay. So what these raw gases will, what the raw gas does when it goes out of the cylinder, cause it's not firing into that catalytic converter, it gets everything really hot and it also will wash away those precious metals. And you can't really see them come out the tailpipe or anything like that because there's so much, between the front of the engine and the back of the car for the exhaust, all those particles get stuck usually in the muffler or somewhere else, but it's not big enough to create something that you're going to see. So when these precious metals get washed away, the catalyst in there isn't efficient enough to do its job. And then it sees that and it turns the check engine light on. So backing up, The check engine light flashes because it's a potentially catalytic damaging code because the raw fuel is going right into that catalytic converter, which will either make it way too hot and melt that honeycomb. And a lot of times we see the 
the catalytic converter will fail and and melt itself together. So think about putting your hand over your mouth and your nose and trying to breathe. It's hard, right? You're, you know, here I am doing it. And, you know, I caught you doing it. Put your hand over your mouth and try to breathe. That's exactly what your engine is facing when it's trying to expel the exhaust gases after the explosion inside the cylinder. So again, something that really just needs to be addressed and addressed quickly because that kind of repair to a catalytic converter, and especially if you got a V6 and it's missing on more than one cylinder, you have the potential of damaging both of those catalytic converters. So it's something that you want to address and address quickly. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of the All Automotive Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Clausen. And if you're listening to us on iHeartRadio, click the little follow button. That lets us let you know when there's a new episode. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a review. It all helps. We really appreciate the support of all our loyal listeners to the All Automotive Podcast. Until next time, I'm Matt Clausen saying, keep the greasy side down. <laughs>